Hello there, and welcome to Sweet Child of Time. I'm your host, Steve Barnes. Today, we're continuing our recap of Dark. We're at season three now. This is one episode one, Deja Vu. I thought an episode was called Deja Vu from season two, and I forgot to look it up. But it seems like the kind of title that should be a dark episode, Deja Vu. Um, and if you're listening to this on the One of My Stories feed, let me introduce you to your host. She is right here for One of My Stories. You know her from the Dark Ways Facebook group. She's your moderator. You know her from her critics. She's Lindsay Dunn. Ahoy there, Lindsay. Ahoy, Steve. And it does feel a little like deja vu that we're starting up with dark again after we started once already, but we took a break. <laughs> That's right. We went and made things right. Um, we went back in time and, and fixed everything. <laughs> yeah. We did take a little break there while I was doing Wheel of Time and you were doing stuff. You were very busy. I'm lucky I have you when I have you, as a matter of fact. So I appreciate the time you're here. Well, thank you. It's good to be appreciated. And <laughs> I'm happy to be on here, too. It is, a, you know, it's a commitment and all that. But you're making a commitment, too, also to set aside this time. This is what I do it for. I'm really excited about this. And I was really happy to, like, watch this episode again. Because um, as the listeners know, I, we went ahead and binged season three ahead of time. And I kind of wish I hadn't done that now, but whatever. I mean, what, what's done is done. Um, I tried to go back in time and undo that, but it didn't work. I still remembered everything, unfortunately. But it was great watching this again. I just watched this last night. I did watch it again, obviously, when I did the recap, which was... <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> in August. So, oh, goodness. still reasonably okay. fresh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm fresh as a daisy then, I guess, because <laughs> it was like less than 24 hours ago that I watched this and, and took all my notes and took it in. And I, I mean, season one, of course, is great. Season one, episode one, great. Season mm -hmm. one, episode four, when they go back to the 80s, great stuff. Mm -hmm. Season one, episode eight, the ending, obviously fantastic. Then you got season two, episode six which is where Jonas goes back and fixes everything back in time. I mean, that I thought that was like peak um, dark right there. I think what we're watching right now, season three, episode one, where it keeps getting better. We're watching peak dark. And I'm think I'm almost thinking I like, I'm enjoying this more than I enjoyed some of those other episodes. I don't know. Maybe it's recency bias, but <laughs> I'm really into this Lindsay. Um, I watched the Netflix um, official season two recap to try to catch myself up before I watched this. And it was not a good idea because it was so fast paced and there was so much stuff crammed in there. And that's not dark. Dark is very slow and drawn out and gives you time to breathe and think. So you have a short uh, season two recap that you're going to read for us when we get started with this that I I think is good. And I think, of course, we've been we've been podcasting and our podcast listeners are fresher than your average listener. But um, I would not if anybody's listening and they want to do a season two recap, I would not recommend the Netflix one. I would go to <laughs> something on YouTube where maybe like a really uh, emphatic YouTuber has made like more like a 15 minute recap that delves into stuff more. Mm, sounds like they really crammed it in. That's that Netflix recap. I couldn't even keep up with what they were saying. It was just flash, 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 flash. It was crazy. 
Yeah, I I didn't do a full season two recap, but it's more of just Mm -hmm. where we left off. Right. Yeah, I was saying something about season two, episode six, and that pretty much leads us up to right where we are, too, because that's just two episodes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so last season ended with the apocalypse, triggered by Kloss's insistence that the nuclear <laughs> pool room be opened. Boo. Darn you, Clausen. <laughs> <laughs> After Adam shoots Martha... And alternate Martha shows up and tells Jonas that she's from another world. Okay. Yay. Yeah. So stranger Jonas rescues Bartosh, Francisca, and Magnus by traveling them out of 2020. Claudia, Regina, teen Noah, and young Elizabeth escape death (laughs) by hunkering down in the bunker. (laughs) The odd group. (laughs) Well, obviously, and obviously, Peter. <laughs> Don't forget about him. Oh, yeah, you him. left him out. I hey, did leave him out. You did forget about I? him. But yeah, I'm, I'm putting him in now. He's back in. <laughs> He's back okay. in the bunker. <laughs> Congrats, Peter. <laughs> the cast of Dark scatter into either oblivion or through the portals of time. Right. Because we've got, uh, of course, Katarina is right. now chasing in, in the 1980s. Um, then we have Elizabeth's mother. I'm drawing a blank. Charlotte. <laughs> How could I forget Charlotte? <laughs> Charlotte it was, was whisked away. Regions unknown, which we oh, that's will right. see very soon. So there's different there's different people. So the, the group is kind of scattered to the far winds in different worlds, different times, and all of that. Oh, yeah. And Hannah is like... Yeah. Um, yeah, she stepped away too. That happened episode eight last season, right? Yeah, that when- was seven, eight. I think she her her narrative was sort of divided into seven and eight, but we think we definitely saw her in eight some. But we were just like, ah, uh, Hannah's up to no good. I mean, she's, yeah, she's got the time four, machine, man. She's got four ego <laughs> on a string. Oh, that too. <laughs> mm. Um, so it was that smoking, smoking cigarettes in red dresses. It's gets them every yeah. time. Apparently, it's. I mean, it's kind of true. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was thinking about those that that age group women because we get to meet a lot of them here in this alternate universe. Yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll get to them when I get to them. Mm-hmm. But my point here is, um, uh, we both agree that like you know Hannah's like a knockout, like you know physically wise, like looking mm-hmm. at her visually. But, you know, she's the last person I'd ever want to ever <laughs> date or be in a relationship or even be a friend with. So, mm. I mean, that goes to show that, it, it, you know, yeah. comes from the inside. Everybody from Dark knows that. So I wanted to say you sort of shared your reaction, overall reaction about mm-hmm. into season three. I wanted to share mine before we start the alternate. I'll start the episode the official recap we've already started the episode what am i saying um for me this has been rewarding in that i've only watched season three one time and it was when it first came out in 2020 and at the time as i watched it i was thinking well gee darn you gotta finish those season one and two recaps Lindsay. then you can work (laughs) on season three famous last words here we are three years later 
But Mm -hmm. for me, season three, I remember it just being super confusing. I feel like they nailed the ending, Mm -hmm. but it was very difficult to keep up with all of that. So going back Mm -hmm. and getting to watch it again and process it and write it out has been very rewarding because it helps me to slow down enough that I can keep track of this these important distinctions. So, of course, in season one and two, we had all the time travel. Mm-hmm. And there's this signal that they give you that you're going into a different time right. by they do this clicking noise. And that's how you know you're going from 2020 to 1980s or vice versa. Right. And there's a signal in this season as well into the other world, mm-hmm. but I didn't catch that that where there was that signal. And so it, it was very hard for me to keep track of who was what. And gotcha. I think it's important that we remember as we're starting that season three occurs in two worlds. So our recaps need to specify not just when, but in what world. Right. And we should probably agree what we're going to call those things. Uh, this is something we can okay. try to agree on right now. So I had, in the written recaps, I had put <laughs> World 1, which is our OG world, or and then World 2, which is the new world that Alt-Marta is from. So we could say mm-hmm. World 1, World 2. How does that suit okay. you, or did you have a different thought about that? Um, I did have a different thought about that. I wanted to go back for a second, though. You were talking about how it clicks to let, let you know. Were you going to go into like the episode oh, later yeah, about the different point. ways that that <laughs> we can? Point, um, because I remember, I noticed there's two signifiers. One is like the noise, the audio noise it makes. It goes whoosh or something, makes some kind of whooshy noise. But it also like the font on the um, the date, like mm. some of the letters or numbers will be backwards when you're in um, World Two. For safety's sake, we might just want to stick with one and two because that's what I have in the written recaps. Okay. Yeah, please. Let's do Um, it then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because you're going to be reading these recaps, (laughs) Lindsay. So, I mean, you can say whatever you want. That's right. That's right. I'm trying to pretend pretend that I'm democratic. Um, Yeah. uh, You got my vote. I mean, come on. Tomorrow's (laughs) voting day. I gave up the date we recorded this, but (laughs) I'm voting for you, Lindsay. You're fine. World mm-hmm. one, world two. So just to comment on what you said, though, about the mm-hmm. font, I find that 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 is very true, and I'm glad you reminded me about that. So the noise is a warping noise, and visually they kind of warp also by the the camera sort of zooms in, zooms out. Right. And yes. then zooms in again. So it's visually very clear what's happening. The font is a little bit, trickier to use because we don't always have fonts but yes since it's representing this mirror world the fonts are mirrored like the r's i think is the main one that is always mirrored there might be some other letters too but like the number um, three the number seven are usually backwards yeah mm -hmm. but with that i'm ready to get into it unless you have any other thoughts before we I'm excited to get into it. Let's do the okay, recap, Lindsay. Okay, let's get into it. Episode 3.1, Deja Vu. Oh, you already said that, didn't you? You can say ha, it again. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, okay. hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the episode opens with a quote by Arthur Schopenhauer. 
Man can do what he wills, but he cannot will what he wills. In other words, he has choice over everything but what he desires. This quote seems to posit that desire is uncontrollable. Agree or disagree, Steve? Uh, disagree. I disagree with this fellow here. Um, <laughs> not because I disagree with him in particular, but I don't. I can't really explain why. I mean, it, it, what he says makes sense, but I've definitely heard of people that are like, I'm going to start, get, they decide to get into something, mm-hmm. and then they do. I'm going to get into horses. And the next thing you know, they're always at the barn. Um, mm-hmm. That's my niece. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I disagree with the fella. How about yourself? Yeah, it's tricky. I want to disagree um, because I want to believe that there's this idea about that we can control our thoughts. That's something I firmly believe in, that you can't let your thoughts or feelings control you, that you have to sort of take control of the narrative and not let the voice in your head become the the loudest thing. Hmm. However, I feel like what they're saying is a little bit different, that we have these intrinsic desires and no matter how you might try to will them away, that there are some things that are just instinctual. And for in the case of Jonas, we see time and time again people using his desires to control him. All they have to do is say the magical word of Marta, and he just seems to get in line and fall in line with that. So it's yeah, it's played yeah. out in screen so well and so realistically but I don't, I don't know. I'd, ha- I'd have to think about this. I wasn't prepared for the question I would ask you that would then come upon me. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know this um, this guy before we move on. I'll just say real quick, I you know, of course, since you put his name in his recap, I had to Google it and check him out. Mm-hmm. And he's like the guy that influenced directly influenced like Einstein and Freud and that class of science. He was like the generation before those guys. Of course he was influenced by like Kant and all those other guys before him, all the German philosophers before he, and of course these are German philosophers we're talking about because it's a German show. But um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. He's like the guy that influenced Einstein. Yeah. But I, I like this quote that, whether you disagree or disagree, I like the concept that it's arguing for. Hey, any Wheel of Time listeners out there? The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a female voice says, if we knew how things would end, where our journey would take us, would we still make the same decisions? Or would we choose a different path? Could we even escape our fate? Or would what is deep within us lead us to the same end like an invisible hand? Does it matter which path we choose if we end up facing ourselves again and again? During the voiceover, we see pictures of the families in Winden. Next, a man holding a gas lantern enters the sick moon's mm. lair. Mm-hmm. The room is in shambles, pages all over the floor. He looks at the fall of the damned painting. Was the room this way before the man entered, or did he ransack the place himself? 
-hmm. He picks a paper off the desk. It looks like the plans for the suitcase time machine. No, I was just going to say, I'll interrupt before you go to the next paragraph, Mm -hmm. was um, he didn't ransack the room because everything was covered in dust. He was like blowing dust off of stuff. So this happened Mm. before he got there. Okay. Yeah, I'm, the reason I'm saying a man, I thought I should note, is because this is a person we haven't seen before. This isn't the case where, like at the beginning of Dark, we would see people wearing like creepy raincoats or whatever when their faces are hidden. <laughs> we can see this person's face, but we just don't know who he is. It's right, a completely yeah. new guy. Yes. Two other people enter the room wearing blue shirts, a young boy and an older man. All three have a distinctive scar on their lip. The first man throws his lantern against the painting, setting the room ablaze. The other two throw their lanterns as well. Cut to the title credits. Okay, so what did you All think right. of this? How did, what did you think of this opening, Steve? Um, I think it was more of an act of symbolism to like, I think it was more symbolism than destruction. First off, I think this was like a show like um, device. I don't like these guys at first (laughs) glance, at first sight. I don't like these guys. Um, We'll go more into that later as we go. But just let me stress, I do not like these guys. You should I mean, if they want to burn things down, fine. But don't bring your younger self into it. Um, (laughs) But um, I mean, yeah, an obvious act of symbolism. They're they're we're introduced to world two in this episode. So it looks like these guys are burning down the core of world one. I think we can have mixed feelings about that because what has been happening in the sick Mundus layer, it hasn't all necessarily been good things. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> we're sort of, we could be like, okay, why are these people burning this room? Um, this is where creepy Adam lives. Mm-hmm. Do we necessarily, are we rooting for Adam? Not necessarily. So we don't know what these guys' motives are. For all we know, they could be people like Jonas who have loved ones and their lives have been destroyed by Adam. They have so. that look on their face. They're all, they're, they're bad guys. <laughs> I mean, you can tell they're bad guys. <laughs> I think that this is it. I was just going to say, I think this is a period, like, of course, you know, I don't want anybody to burn anybody's house down. Even Adam. Mm -hmm. I I don't want his house burnt down. I think right now, um, he's elsewhere. I mean, he's a time traveler. So he's spending his time at some other place right now. He's abandoned his lair for whatever reason. Of course, the loop is going to come around. He'll find it again. But I think that's why I say this is more of like a symbolic act than anything. But it's certainly quite a way to start... uh start a series right start a season heck yes a i mean fire. especially that painting i love that painting but watching it burn up was even cooler i mean and watching everybody's pictures burn up um mm-hmm. yeah in this intro that we get a new intro every season and this season three intro is like creepier and like more mysterious than ever like lots of fingers and eyeballs and misshapen stuff and um it's I love these opening credits and I could just watch that all day. Uh, Mm -hmm. So this season three opening credits are the wildest yet. (laughs) Yeah. Like usually when I share the opening credits with somebody, I'm like, Hey, you should check out this show dark that has great opening credits, cool opening song. 
I'll, you know, season one is what I'll always send. I'll never send season two or three first because it mm-hmm. feels like you're cheating. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a very cinematic way to start. It instantly made me wonder, like, who are these men? Why are they doing this? So I thought yeah. it, it was effective for me, even though do I like people, you know, committing arson and blowing things, you know, <laughs> setting things on fire? Not really, but. It was pretty cool. A pretty cool opening. Yeah. So we then cut to a few minutes before season two ended, right when the apocalypse begins. So they're giving cool. us sort of a refresher I like here. I like the it. Black Blob covers the wind and power plant at the Conwald house. Alt Marta takes the golden sphere out of her pocket and powers it up. She tells Jonas that the question isn't what time, but from what world. The mm. two of them disappear from World One in 2020. Like that was just, that was fully in the last episode. So we already this is the yeah. second time we're seeing that whole scene, right? Yeah. Yes. I don't have anything gl- else to add here. If you want to move, yeah. if you want, I'm glad to they included the- it though because it's like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, because it's the major flux of the story from this point mm-hmm. on. So like, yes. Mm-hmm. Jonas and Alt Marta appear in a cave. Okay, so this is new now. <laughs> Jonas looks around, freaked out. He's scared and wants to know how they got here. He mm-hmm. accuses Alt Marta of not being Marta, which is true. And she told him, I'm not your Marta. She's told him that. So she tells him that today is the day it all began, the day we first met. Jonas doesn't know what to think of this statement, and neither do we. She then says, you and me, your world and my world form a knot that is inextricably intertwined. (laughs) Jonas wants answers. Alt-Marta instead powers up her golden sphere, promising Jonas she will make it right, echoing the promise that Jonas made to OG Marta. What can all this mean? (laughs) Clarify it for me, Steve. (laughs) she made this happen. Like she came and whisked them away. So like she's saying you and me, you and our world, we now form a knot. It's like, you're making this Mm -hmm. happen world two person. So, and it is, you know, yeah, she is alt Martha looking all super cool. um, Wearing all black. Yeah. So then she leaves him. I don't like that part. Like, Mm -hmm. don't we see like right here? She, yeah, she powers up the globe. And she disappears and leaves Jonas in this cave to find mm-hmm. his way out. So I think she should yeah. have gave him a little bit more information. I mean, I guess she's counting on the old um, uh, time will make its thing happen and mm-hmm. you have no free will thing. But, you know, I don't like that she bailed. That's what I wrote down here is I don't like that she bailed. <laughs> yeah, she abandoned them. And Jonas must be pretty shook. Marta just got shot. Yeah, his then, Martha. Yeah, his Martha. Then yeah. he, then he, she, she hits this. He gets this <laughs> ultimatum: you can either stay here and probably die, or come with me. Right. And then, and then she, she leaves makes, him. <laughs> yeah, abandons him, and she makes this statement that today is the day it all began—the day we first met. And you're like, yeah. what do you mean the day we first met? I met you 
they grew up together in Wyndon. So what could she uh, mean by that? It's 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 very odd. It's a very well, odd thing obvious. for someone to say. Well, yeah, you already said it though. She's all Martha. I think I think that's well established that she's like a um another dimension Martha. Yeah, but I mean, even I'm saying like to Jonas's mind. To just yeah, in Jonas's mind. And I remember watching this in season three. I'm like, what do you mean when we first met? Um, because you're still figuring out the rules of the alternate world and how it works. They're like, you don't know if you take that literally or if they mean. Oh, oh Jonas, he's know, a time so. traveler. He knows he's he's had his he's had his deal by this time. He's been through a lot. Well, yeah, and I mean, he just got warped across, you know, from yeah. one world to another. So I just think it's it's a very confusing thing. You do notice she says, I promise I'll make it right. Jonas had said that to the other Marta's corpse. So oh. it's almost like a... Echo. Yeah, an echo of that. Yeah, okay. All right, so now we are in world two. And this November is where 4th. it really gets neat and fun. I love it. <laughs> yeah, World 2, November 4th, 2019, at the Conwald House. Marta wakes up as if from a nightmare. She sits up abruptly. This Marta has short bangs like alt Marta, but longer hair like the OG Marta. But that's consistent. World 2 Martha bangs. Always remember the bangs. <laughs> it's very important <laughs> to remember the bangs. Okay. That's true. They do give you some nice visual cues with all of your people. Yeah. So we will call her World 2 Martha. <laughs> and cleverly, World 2 is a mirror image of World 1. So Martha's bed mm -hmm. is pushed up against the right wall of the room as compared yeah. to when Jonas wakes up in... World one, his bed is pushed against the left wall. So as we meet the people of world two, we see a world reflected on the vertical axis. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, Marta wakes up in the Conwald house. So is Marta a Conwald now? What can we make of this? We'll learn soon enough, but in world two, things are the same yet different. That's, yeah, a, that's um, a good quote from... Uh, Mr. Miyagi, too, from Karate Kid 1, <laughs> Karate he tells Kid. Daniel, you and Allie are the same, but different. But different, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it makes sense to me because every time travel uh, movie, show, like cartoon goof of a time travel thing, it always makes sure that there's like an alternate mirror world and everything has to happen kind of differently in the other world. Like in when the, when it was the Brady bunch, I think instead of drinking coffee, they drank tea in the morning or something, you know, you, you got to get your caffeine, but in the alternate reality, you do it in a different way. In another mm -hmm. podcast in another world, you know, you would be like, um, your pot, your podcast and all stuff would be called something different. You know, Lindsay's corner of fun, and my <laughs> podcast would be TV with Stevie. And <laughs> but we'd still be doing the same thing. We'd be covering the show Light that is on um Seven Flicks or whatever it is in our <laughs> alternate world. 
I'll let you go on because I'm really loving like all, I mean, we're seeing Martha as a different character now and yes, she's waking up in a different house. So it makes me yeah. wonder like who's over in their house. That might be some a different exactly. family over there. Maybe. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but this yeah, is, mm-hmm. I was just going to say, this is where it comes in handy that you are so invested in time travel stuff because that's, I've seen several time travel shows and movies, but that's sort of one of your brands. So you're like, you're, you're now you're talking about the tropes of time travel shows, the common language of them and the common devices. So that's something that is kind of like with video games when, or even card games, when people who play them like longtime gamers, people who game all the time, it's, sometimes easier for them to pick up stuff and it's very difficult for them to sometimes teach somebody like myself who's a non-gamer how to play this game but sure. it's a common language or a common device in the game that it's like oh I've seen this in another game before so after a while you can pick it up without any problem and it can be quite challenging trying to explain to a layperson what what it is they're looking at but sure. that's cool but yeah, visually, this was just, it's stunning when you first see it. You're just like, what is Marta doing in the Conwell house? This isn't right at all. The I mean, thing, especially, when yeah. We, yeah. especially when we pan out to the next group, because I mean, you're used to like people waking up in dark in like that kind of panic. <laughs> it mm-hmm. happens pretty frequently. Um, I think the neat stuff is what's coming up right now. So now downstairs, Mickle sits at the table wearing a flannel shirt and a trapper hat. (laughs) He's holding a device of some kind and Marta teases him that too much screen time makes it hard to sleep at night. Marta (laughs) enters the kitchen and sniffs the milk. Oh, she's, uh, yeah, she's the twin. Somebody in the house has a sniff milk. (laughs) <laughs> somebody <laughs> must be assigned that task and it's Martha since Jonas isn't around <laughs> in the background we hear shares if I could turn back time which is perfect hey. <laughs> at the kitchen counter we see Katerina too with a sensible therapy bob and glasses <laughs> therapy bob what do you mean by that what is that after is that a you, phrase yeah it's like the haircut you get after you've had therapy and I'm a new person. <laughs> she's, kind of she's, you know, she's happy. She's a healthy Katarina now. She's happier. She's been through some therapy. Yeah, she's my lady. I, I love her. <laughs> I think this new look is awesome. <laughs> this new Katarina is awesome. I'm on board. <laughs> Apparently, Mickle has been having nightmares. The mm-hmm. electricity flickers. Katarina, too, wonders if Magnus has risen yet. Right. The lights. Uh-oh. Somebody's time traveling. We know that's what's happening. Um, before you move on to Magnus, which we both mm-hmm. want to move on to, um, <laughs> it's interesting how Marta says that, you know, to like Mikkel, like under her breath, she's like, you know, all those nightmares, you know, maybe this, maybe this life is just a dream, Mikkel. Maybe this life is a nightmare. Maybe none of this really exists, which... Mm. I mean, spot on, Marta, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) but that's just funny how she kind of says it as a joke and that's just the reality. And it's cool that, you know, Mikkel has his own little unique style in the other universe. He was a skeleton boy 
And this one, he's a, he's a flannelly lumberjack boy. I mean, but still like unique. Yeah. Looking a little bit older. But yeah, it is yeah. kind of sad that there's no, there's no sign of the great Houdini. I kind of miss the, uh, the Houdini Mickle. That's true. I guess he wasn't fiddling with anything magic related at the table. He was looking at a tablet or something like that. So this Mickle is, uh, yeah, he's older. So he's gotten out of that stuff. And you're right. They had to, um, I think you mentioned later on that they, it was a smart move to like in the story, within the story to age him up a couple of years in this reality, you know, Mickle mm-hmm. is like 14 instead of 11, you know, no big mm-hmm. deal. Um, yeah. it, it works great. Okay, so Magnus is making love to Franziska in his room, similar similar to Ulrich and Hannah. In this world, Magnus likes rat and has long black hair and tattoos. He's more mm-hmm. of a metal. I said he was a metalhead, but somebody else mm-hmm. said he's a nihilist rather than a metalhead. Both are true. <laughs> he's more of a metalhead than a stoner in world two and we remember yeah. in world one he was smoking dope um so Franziska mm-hmm. escapes out of his window just <laughs> like Ulrich did out of Hannah's window and in world That's two right. Franziska is deaf deaf mute instead of Elizabeth somebody's got to be deaf so <laughs> yeah <laughs> this world it's Franziska um yeah, and they're like super passionate. Like you're, you know, people having sex, but I think, I think they emphasize like their like their looks and their passion and the chemistry uh, that these mm-hmm. two have in this world. They're just like all about each other and can't separate for five seconds. And mm-hmm. you know, now we're all in love with Magnus. Me too. I, <laughs> Heather too. We all <laughs> think this is a great makeover for this guy. I like his like black hair look. This is great. Um, I mean, tattoos I can give or take, but he definitely looks tough and cool. Somebody mm-hmm. in our Facebook group in like the comment section, this happened like maybe like a month or two ago, but some it just it was just a random offhand comment that really threw me off guard. And I know you're gonna get angry, so don't don't react too strongly. But somebody was talking about Magnus. And they were like, you know, they said something about how he was so fuggly and that like that the only person fugglier is his dad, Ulrich, and how they're both so fugly. (laughs) And I was like, I thought those guys were like hot. What (laughs) do you make any sense of that? It's probably somebody whose girlfriend likes Magnus and they got ticked off. (laughs) No, it was a female. It was a woman that wrote this. I I didn't see that, but taste attraction is subjective, Steve. So that's all I can say to that. That's like beyond ugly. I don't. I'd have to, you know, go to that group. But if I saw that, I wouldn't. I mean, I would probably respond to them, but I wouldn't (laughs) have gotten mad. I think that's a ridiculous statement to make about anyone. I'm mad for everybody. So we can move (laughs) on. Um, yeah, it is interesting because I don't know. I think again, when I watched season three before I sort of just took things at face value, I was like, oh, big deal. You know, Francisca and Magnus are together and 
But it is quite a different relationship they have here than in World 1. It was almost like a friends with benefits in that Francisco was sort of keeping him at arm's length. He seemed to really be invested and wanting to get to know her. And she was playing it cool and being like, well, just because we sleep together doesn't mean you get to know everything about me and keeping it at arm's length. Whereas here there's no, there's no um, push pull. They're like, they're in love and they're together. Yeah. They're at the height of their love. Like they're all a gaga. And I think I'm, I'm going to get ahead of you a little bit. That's how we Mm -hmm. do in this recap. But I think I saw later on in your recap, you write something along the lines of like, um, you know, has, Francisca, like, does she not care that her parents are divorced? Does that not bother her anymore? Or does it not bother Magnus that his parents are divorced? I think the answer is no, they don't care. They're like totally in love and totally all about each other. And it's like, um, their lives aren't perfect, but they got each other and that's all they need. And they're just all about it. (laughs) So I think that's Mm -hmm. my answer to that question. Like, this is like a true chemistry, true love kind of thing. So Katerina offers Marta a ride since it's supposed to rain, but Marta declines since she will need to stay late for play rehearsal. All right. This is exactly the same. She's in the play. Hell yeah. That's consistent. (laughs) (laughs) Katerina reminds Marta that tomorrow she's at her dad's place. So Ah. in World 2, Ulrich and Katerina are no longer together. Marta feels annoyed by this fact. I think she was annoyed that she had to go to her dad's place. Maybe she doesn't like being there because he's with Hannah. She might like it better at her mom's place. That's exactly what it is. It's got to be. Yeah. Katerina looks at the family photo and Ulrich has been ripped out of the frame. (laughs) Yeah. Instead of um, the the grandma. It's fun. Right. This Mm -hmm. whole thing is fun. Everything Mm -hmm. is fun. Making these connections is great. We love Magnus. Magnus is hot. I would not <laughs> want to be Magnus's sibling. I would, that would, he'd be the worst sibling. Cause look, he's stealing breakfast. Like the other world, he's smacking <laughs> the kid upside the head. He's always being rude and crappy. And like, he's kind of there when you need him in a half ass kind of way. Like he'll stand up for you. Like if the worst of the worst thing happens, but on a day-to-day level, he's going to torture you and <laughs> just walk all over you. So I don't want to be Magnus's brother. So any universe. But I didn't see. I, that's a good point. I don't think I saw, see any smacking in World 2. There's no smacking, but he um he grabbed Martha's bre- Right when she was getting ready to take a bite of her croissant, he grabbed it off of her plate and ran out the door with it. And she was all like, what? You know, so yeah, like that's but- like a... Same thing. Crappy okay, but move. yes, but I'm I'm not excusing it or saying it's a perfect relationship, <laughs> but I was thinking, oh, there wasn't any smacking. It's right. because Katarina went to therapy. Yeah. She was and like, she you boys learned- got to stop that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, her therapy haircut. I'm I'm down with this now. <laughs> Meanwhile, across town, Ulrich enters the bedroom of the Nielsen house. He walks over to his bed where Hannah sleeps. She awakens and asks where he's been. He claims the line for baked goods was long. 
<laughs> Bullshit. Oh, Ulrich. Ulrich. <laughs> she asks him to stay longer, but he declines. When of she course. stands up, we see her giant pregnant belly. Apparently, Hannah, too, is pregnant with Ulrich's baby. She says, mm -hmm. I love you. And he says, she's beautiful. What a so snack, man. Come on. <laughs> so wild stuff in World 2. Ulrich has chosen Hannah as his romantic partner. Yeah, it seems like this is kind of consistent with the other world where, like, he was cheating on Katerina and the kids with Hannah. But instead, mm -hmm. he um, went off with Hannah. Now he's living at the... Uh, let's see. Who is his parents? Are the... Um, so it should he... The Nielsen house is de definitely the house that he, he still should be in, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I guess this... they're renting out the Conwald house because no one lives there, I suppose. This house, I believe this house is the one that Ulrich and Katerina were living in before. Right. So I'm thinking yeah. like a couple years ago, Katerina and the kids lived there too. Right. Katerina and the kids were living there. Um, okay. It used to be his parents' house, of course, Trant. And, right. That's what I was getting to, yeah. Yana. So it's it's this same house. It's been redecorated. Of course, yeah. But it's Got the same house. And of course, used to be the... Uh, the Tiedemann house as well used to be uh -huh. the house of Egon <laughs> and uh, Doris Tiedemann. Yeah, that's right. Everybody who has a miserable marriage lives there. Yeah, yeah. Everybody got everybody gets their turn. When when are Peter and Charlotte going to move in? I mean, come on. <laughs> everybody else has gotten to live there. Uh, Ulrich looks cooler too. He's got the slick back hair. I think he had a different hairstyle, I believe, in seasons one and two. But he looks cool in this world, too. And who's Hard that baby? Oh, yeah? You don't like it? I I think this Ulrich looks like a dork. I don't like oh. slicked back hair in general. I thought I thought World One, world one Ulrich was, was pretty cool. I, I never yeah. thought he was hot, quote unquote. Okay. But I liked the way he dressed. It was consistent yeah. with his old, uh, you know, his old metalhead persona. <laughs> he always wore black and a little scruffy, yeah. I think. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he's it, more this, of a pop guy. Oryx wears, it wears like pink button-down shirts. I don't know. Yeah, he's definitely like not as cool of a style. You're right. I mean, but I don't know. Who's that baby in her belly? Who Who would that be? It seems like that would be Jonas inside there, right? Who's the baby? Yeah, Ooh. inside Hannah's mm. belly. Like, because mm. we are, we see all the three Conwald kids, and we we pretty much meet everybody in this episode. And like, there's a definite mm -hmm. person that doesn't live in this universe. And so, I mm. if that baby was born, who's it going to be? Baby Jonas. That's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. Well, the we don't get an answer, of course. I'm yeah. speculating, but you know, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Hannah. I want to. I want to find out. She didn't invite me to the uh, the gender reveal party, so I think I'm <laughs> off of the list. <laughs> but yeah, he's that's Hannah doesn't have to have an affair anymore. She's got the man yeah, she wanted in this world. She's legit. She should so be we'll happy. See if as she's clams. happy with what she got. 
Yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll see. see. She's happy with what she got. Yeah. Can't wait to see. <laughs> All right. So Marta too wears the iconic yellow raincoat and rides her bike to school. She looks lost like Jonas did at the beginning of season one, but what weighs on her heart? Signs on telephone poles reveal that Eric Obendorf is missing. Can I say what weighs on her heart? I'm not going to make a joke. That was a really good opening for a joke. If I was James, that would have been a great great opportunity for a joke. I was going to say divorce because her parents are divorced and she doesn't want to go to her dad's house this weekend. And I wrote down something profound, Lindsay. I wrote down perhaps she feels the lack of something unknown to her. Like something's missing, but I have just no clue what it is. Mm. Got a cool boyfriend. Mom's in a good place, but something's just missing from my life. I don't know what it could be. That's what she's thinking when she's riding her bike down the road. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> I'm speculating. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you could you can tell that she's she's got something on her mind. Yeah, now, pensive. when Jonas woke up, it was pretty clear that he was upset about his dad. Yeah feeling lost that way, but Marta has that same look. And I don't yep. think we saw what she was dreaming about, so we don't have a nope, clue about not. that. That's right. Yeah. But it is pretty cool that Marta's wearing that yellow raincoat. Yeah. And <laughs> she's she's her she's Marta, but yet she's also Jonas in this world. Yeah. That's right. She's doing all bed. the things that he did. Yeah, riding his bike, wearing his coat. Yep. She's the his dreams. The quote unquote star of this world. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's right. Top villain. Yeah. So all right. Meanwhile, Jonas walks out of the caves in world two. He's finally figured out <laughs> how to get out. <laughs> Poor guy. I know. And he looks around to see two armchairs instead of just what? one. What? There's two. <laughs> no yellow raincoat for Jonas in World Two. He's That's gray right. as death. His he's just wearing like dull colors. Everything's dull. Yeah. Marta enters the schoolyard with the building on her right, of course, because mm -hmm. it's mirrored. And as she enters the school, Magnus teases her about being late. The school's See, a buzz with kids in costume. I thought it might be actors in the school play, but I see Grim Reapers as well as the twins from The Shining. And those twins were just standing against the wall. Like. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I was trying to figure this out, like what was going on. And the yeah. only thing I could come up with was that it's November 4th and. After Halloween, there's All Souls Day. I was like, there's are the kids... There's a lot of antlers. A lot of antlers happening. A lot of antlers? I saw like... so. No, seriously. I saw like almost everybody had was carrying antlers around, which, which mm -hmm. mixes in, which ties in with what you're saying. Yeah. People were wearing... People were wearing costumes. So, yeah, I, I was... That caught my attention and it wondered if it was a, a German a Germany thing of some kind like culturally the kids after that time of year come to school dressed up in costumes I, I don't know 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. We probably should have yeah. looked into that more. <laughs> I but tried yeah, to was, look up stuff, but I didn't. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. Maybe just this school, this universe. Mm -hmm. They <laughs> they go all out. Yet it's yeah. supposed to be November fourth. It's not supposed to be Halloween. So those two shining girls standing <laughs> creepily by the lockers, completely still next to each other, like yeah. are pretty out of place. I think it's just to freak us out and make us excited about that season three dark is back. Mm -hmm. They're joined by Bartosh too, who dons an unfortunate mullet. I have no idea why they gave him this haircut. <laughs> I do not like it. I already thought Bartosh was kind of a dork, but at least in world one, he dresses pretty cool. Oh, he's styling in world one. He is the height of fashion. In World One, in yeah, World One, and, yes, yeah. In this world, he's he's dressed like the nerds <laughs> of America. I don't know what he looks he's like a book nerd. To be here. Yeah, he looks like a book nerd to me, like somebody who'd be in the library and dresses like in a comfortable way as opposed to a fashionable way. I think that's what they were going for was comfort over mm. fashion because the old Bartosh was really into fashion, and this yeah. mullet, like it's. I mean, you're calling out some hairstyles here, but I guess it's to be to be called out because everybody has a different hairstyle. And this is a bad choice. It is a less cool Bartosh. Uh, I made a statement in one of our communications at one point that like everybody in this world is like 10 percent hotter. <laughs> and you were like, not Bartosh. He was 10 percent lamer. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe 50 percent. Something um, along that. But it's kind of true yeah so marta finds her boyfriend killian in the crowd in yeah, world one bad. and killian <laughs> we're like yeah who's killian so in world one killian come on now a lot of people cannot find him they're like who's we do we know him in world one and they because he's never called out he's never really brought to light the character killian is acting alongside Marta in the school play. So then, but in this world, they're a couple. They kiss right. jubilantly as if they're the most in love people <laughs> that have ever been in love. <laughs> Magnus and Bartosh look uncomfortable. Bartosh asks mm -hmm. if there's any updates on Eric. Of course, there's not. A voice on the intercom requests everyone come to an assembly. Yeah, Killian, uh, we talked about Killian. So, like, to us, I think, I had no problem um, figuring who he was. Because, like, you know, he had that, like, black, like, makeup on and the other play. And he had, like, a speech at one point, And he had a real affectation to his voice. Um, I think he made kind of a small impression. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. Like, there, it seems... You're you're spot on that Magnus and Bartosh both like kind of like looked at their phones and kind of like looked at each other like, oh, OK, they're going to do their mm -hmm. kissy thing again. Um, but it doesn't seem to have the same like spirit as our Magnus and our <laughs> Francisca, does it? No, it does not. And it's I think it's interesting that there's this. You're just wondering what's up. Is Marta the type of person, I don't want to believe this about her because I'm, 
you know, I like Marta. Okay, I think she's she's obviously she's one of our lead characters, and actually, World Two Marta is pretty awesome. I really like her, but right, it seems like she always has to be dating somebody. <laughs> That's her identity, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, she didn't. You know, for yeah, you're right. I, I do like how I feel like Bo and Yantia are pretty good at giving females complex arcs and not making their, um, you know, not making their stories just about their romantic lives. But mm-hmm. it is it is weird that like Marta, who seems we see her, she seems like a pretty strong person in World One. In World One, she's like she's in love with. Jonas, but because he disappears for a little bit, she just goes with Bartosh, even though she obviously doesn't like him that much. Mm-hmm. And then in this world, she's just dating Killian for doesn't really seem like she's really into that him either, even though we don't want him. To, we don't want her yeah. to be into him because yeah. we want Jonas. We want Jonas. <laughs> we can't leave out the fact that, yeah, that um, Killian's brother is Eric, the redhead missing right. dude. So everybody's kind of sympathetic towards that. And, you know, everybody's nice to Killian. He's, he's, Hmm. he's, you know, he's the, um, you know, oh, nobody else is hanging out today. There's, there's nobody. Yeah. Okay. It's like, he's like a, a poor man's Jonas, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So elsewhere, Helge repeats that it will happen again. He's yes. holding a one fennig coin. In World 2, Helge's ears look fine, but his left eye is scarred over. Right. Peter stands in the doorway watching his father with concern. Charlotte, too, comes in, looking much more fashionable than in World 1. She has makeup on and has ditched the bob for a longer, flowy hairstyle. Peter asks Charlotte, too, how her doctor appointment was, and she reports that this was just a regular checkup. Aye, aye, ma'am. Everything's just regular with these two, right? <laughs> regular? <laughs> just a regular checkup. <laughs> um, yeah, she definitely is part of, like, the crew that's 50% hotter. She definitely looks way better. and she Because, you know, the last episode, she was just kind of drab and just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Definitely a hotter Charlotte. Not a. Th- this is an anti-therapy hairstyle that she has because it's nice and long, <laughs> and looks like she's been to the salon recently. Yeah, she got rid of her bob. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> <laughs> she got a blowout instead. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Um, but yeah, Helge is, doesn't seem his his per- his personality doesn't seem to have changed too much. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we glossed over our boy Helge. That's right. Except for he had to have a big old scar somewhere. And I'm yeah. having a, I'm trying to imagine how he got that scar. Mm, <laughs> I don't know if I want to imagine it. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peter looks, I mean, I'm not, I've never been one that like, oh, Peter's so hot. But I was like, Peter's looks are a little bit better, too, in this world, I feel. Yeah, he's more put together. I'm more into the bookish Peter with with the sweaters and the uh, and the beard, personally. Yeah. But yeah, this is a good look, clean shaven, wearing all black, looking tight. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this look on him too. I would prefer if he grew, grew his beard back out, though. Okay, well I'll let him know. 
Okay, please do. That you said that. <laughs> so Jonas stands in front of the Conwald house. He enters, finding the home looking both familiar and unfamiliar. Right. He notices the photo of the Nielsens on the wall and walks upstairs to find his mirror image bedroom. Pictures on the wall show a trio of Bartosh, Marta, and Killian. There's no Jonas. <laughs> he looks at that picture like in horror, like, Marta's got bangs. What the hell? <laughs> Bartosh has a mullet. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this place. But yeah, yeah he's got he's got to be going through the ringer. Um he's in his house. He should be in that picture with his buddies and he's not. Um mm. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling for the boy right now and he is not I, <laughs> I don't know. Like I I think last season I kind of um Grew to kind of tired of Jonas, this actor, Louis Hoffman, and he's won me back over big time. Like, he's playing this despair really well, I think. And it doesn't seem like he's acting. It seems like he's really feeling this stuff. He's an actor. Yeah. Good job acting, Louis. <laughs> and even though we, I don't know, there were times he would go to this house and he was out of time. But at least it was his house, and now he comes to his house, and it's not even his house anymore. Right. Where is his center? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Good point. All right. We're now at the Wyndon Police Station. Ulrich gives a report about the missing Eric. In World 2, Waller has both eyes but lacks a left arm. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> something's got to go, Waller. I don't know, but something's got to go. <laughs> Ulrich asks if the group has ideas. That's never a good idea. When you're the lead detective, anyone have any ideas? <laughs> I, guess, yeah, I guess that is kind of like a, a sign of weakness. I thought it was kind of, I viewed it as differently as like this is a collaborative effort. But you're absolutely right. He should be in charge. Yeah. I mean, Good thing he's got Charlotte all- there, though. We all like collaboration. Maybe he was just saying that for Charlotte's benefit. We all like collaboration, but when it comes to being the lead detective, we kind of want you to, you're supposed to have the ideas and we carry out your vision. So Charlotte mentions they still haven't seen the shift schedule at the power plant. Ulrich encourages her to follow that lead and Wooler will look at tire treads. Right on. Yeah, Waller got a little makeover too, and like we see both of his eyes. He's always looking good. Uh, he's like our mm-hmm. stylish, like you know, he's like the quiet, the quiet, uh, the quiet heat. That's what we'll call it, the quiet heat. But Janowski, she did not get a makeover whatsoever. She looks exactly <laughs> the same. I was pissed about that because she's she is makeover material. They could have like done anything and yeah. nothing. Waller's been shopping at Bass Pro. Yeah, that's true. Yes. He He's coming over to America. Well, he shops online. Everybody can shop online now. Yeah. <laughs> Back at the Nielsen house, Hannah vacuums the floor. She notices Ulrich's hoodie and finds a blonde hair. <laughs> Seems oddly familiar. Yes. She mm-hmm. smells the hoodie, gives it a good sniff <laughs> for good measure. You got to sniff that hoodie, sniff out the woman. It's like, yeah, I saw this and I was like, that's weird. Is like Ulrich 
cheating on his like new wife with his old wife. Cheating on the person <laughs> he cheated with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a serial bad guy. There's, I mean, he's not fugly. I'm going to defend him there, but he's also <laughs> not great. <laughs> I will say this. Hannah in this world seems to be a better housekeeper because she's vacuuming oh, yeah, absolutely. the floor. And remember yes. in world one, she just sat around and smoked cigarettes, I think, and gave Alexander occasional massages. <laughs> That was the one of the first things Jonas noticed when he walked into his his new the new house in World Two. He looked at the kitchen table and it had all this bread and like the table was like immaculate looking. And he was mm -hmm. like, "Huh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not right." Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't notice that, but you're right. It is a neater a neater Hannah. Well, I'm just noticing it too that. I never thought of Hannah as being a bad housekeeper, but it's like, yeah, why else would she have bad milk in her fridge? Exactly. She was a bad housekeeper and getting her mm -hmm. electricity cut off. <laughs> so Jonas enters the schoolyard of World 2. Bartosh is giving a report on black holes and wormholes. Apparently in <laughs> World 2, Bartosh is a scientific genius. <laughs> <laughs> Marta draws infinity symbols. In walks Ooh, Jonas. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, she must like the show Dark if she's drawn infinity symbols on her notebook. <laughs> in walks Jonas, repeating the stalkerish behavior of Magnus in a way. Yeah. He's not even trying to hide his neck scar or dirty appearance. The teacher yep. mistakes Jonas for a new student. Jonas takes a seat in the back of the class. His hands shake. Marta turns to look at him. Somehow Jonas has a gravitational pull for her. <laughs> yeah, like the gravitational force, strong. Like that's exactly what um, Bartosh is saying. As all this is going on, um, he's staring at Martha and like Martha's facing the front of the class. Bartosh is saying, you know, there's a strong gravitational force. The light is pulled to it. And at that moment, Martha turns around and looks at Jonas. Then Bartosh says, no one knows what's behind. Maybe nothing. Or maybe a new world in which nothing is as we know it. So it's, again, very cool with how the science lesson fits in with the, the chemistry that's happening <laughs> within the classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how Bartosh is giving this report, too, because this is what he was making fun of Francisca about. Oh, yeah. One. Yes. She was doing yep. it on black holes, and he was talking about the black hole in her butt. And Yeah. <laughs> Good call there. I for completely forgot about that. Nice. Yeah. But, yeah, he's dirty. He's dirty, dirty, dirty. Comes in. He's not looking. Uh, Jonas, I'm talking about, not Bartosh. <laughs> Sorry, that was out of <laughs> his fingernails are very, very dirty. This is the beginning of Stranger Jonas. This is where Stranger <laughs> Jonas begins with his dirty ass, like not caring behavior. So <laughs> continue on. <laughs> um, at the wind and power plant, Charlotte puts in her request to review the shift schedules. Eric was last seen on Forest Road. She claims this could help her match tire treads. 
Alexander, too, seems unimpressed by this request. He wants a court order. Charlotte demurs, preferring to couch this as a request and not an order. Mm-hmm. He agrees to work on it. She asks about his well-being. Is Regina dead in this world? Yes, she is. That was a question <laughs> at the time, but I'm just going to answer it because otherwise Steve's going to go, I'll answer that. Um, so, yes, <laughs> she said she wonders if Eric could have wandered onto the ground. Alexander, too, counters that the entrances have been sealed. This police interrogation with Alexander is going much nicer in this world than it was in the other world. They have like a mutual respect for each other. Um, they're talking to each other like people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she is being a police officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she does do the Columbo thing where she walks out and she's like, one more thing, Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, oh, and Alexander, uh, he looks good in this world, too. I think he looks better in this world. I like the beard. Keep it up, mm-hmm. Alex. Yeah. Well, in this case, this is Charlotte. Mm-hmm. In world one, it was Ulrich going in to put in his quote unquote re- request, which was not a request at all. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hannah I mean, you, enters. You draw, more, you draw more flies with honey yeah. than with vinegar. <laughs> yeah. Hannah enters the high school. A board voice announces afternoon <laughs> activities are canceled due to the parent meeting. As she walks down the hall, she passes Katerina. Katerina tries to get by, but Hannah intercedes her. She came to see so if Kater- she came to see Katerina, in fact. Yeah. And promises she won't get in the way of Ulrich having a relationship with the kids. Like she's getting in the way in the hallway here, right? <laughs> <laughs> she then asks if Ulrich went to see Katerina. Ah, mm. here we get to it. She's wondering about that blonde hair. Yep. Katerina appears amused as if she can read Hannah's mind. Yep. This is when I like this Katerina, when she started that little <laughs> small smile and was like, oh, uh-huh. Ulrich's giving you some problems, huh? Interesting, Hannah. <laughs> hmm I guess she's here for the parent meeting? Is that why Hannah's... Her yes. her good excuse for being here? <clears throat> yes, I would think so. Um, even though she doesn't really have one, but it seems oh, like she's just I making this talk with Katarina up, the excuse. I think maybe she's picking up uh maybe she's picking up Marta and Magnus because they are going to their dad's house. Could be. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. We could speculate. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm gonna gu- I'm gonna guess that that Hannah showed up specifically to con- that's what I thought that she showed up specifically co- to confront Katarina and <clears throat> just to ask her this random question. Yeah, but what a weird a weird awkward thing to say. Uh huh. <laughs> I won't get in the way of Ulrich having a relationship with the kids. Uh, nobody asked you about that. Yeah, um, that's right. So, yeah. <laughs> so the bell rings to announce that class is dismissed all the students depart except Jonas and Marta Jonas approaches Marta and asks why he's here 
Right, because yeah, he thinks that this is the same one. Yeah, he thinks it's the same one, the alt Marta. He assumes yeah. this Marta is perhaps the Marta he met before, yeah. but if Marta knows him, she's a great actress. Jonas's <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> appearance unsettles her, but she has never seen him in person. Killian interrupts the conversation, wondering what this dude wants with his girlfriend. Marta leaves well, without not- another word. Sorry, Steve. Go ahead. I was going to say, he wasn't that weird about it. He was like, everything okay? But, you know, he didn't. If this was an 80s movie, he would have he would have said, hey, pipsqueak, you talking to my girl? But, you know, this is 2020, so he was giving her the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they coded him as, like, kind of a dumb, come dumb jock type, even though he's not yeah. a jock. I mean, they they're coding him as, like, he lives. He li- He's a poor person. Yeah, who lives totally. in the trailer with his with his parents. So I don't think. Yeah, I mean, they're. I feel like they kind of coded him as very jealous because there's a lot of scenes in this movie where he's like obviously annoyed that Jonas is there and acting like March is his property. That's right. And yeah, for Jonas, this is really weird too because, like you're saying, he's thinking like, "Oh, this is the same." other Martha that brought me here, even though her mm-hmm. hair is like longer now. <laughs> and it, when she brought me here, she was shorter and she had a cut on her face. So that's yeah. really interesting. Like we're seeing like these multiple versions of her. So she leaves Marta. When she leaves the room, she leaves her copy of Ariadne behind mm-hmm. by mistake. Jonas goes to pick it up, but he notices his hands are filthy and wipes them off. Jonas <laughs> then asks the teacher, what today's date is. <laughs> Once he learns it's November 4th, 2019, he rushes off. Right. I don't really have any notes for that other than like, he did ask him for, he did say like the, the what year is it yeah. thing, right? Like I, nowadays, Lindsay, I don't think anybody would question that because of the pandemic and like the ups and downs of our country. I think if somebody asks you, what year is it again? I think that's acceptable because it's like, it's not quite 2024. It seems like it was just 2019 last year, even though it was 2020 last year. So Mm -hmm. I I think everybody in this world is like giving him a a hard pass for that. (laughs) I mean, I think now is like the, the most ultimate, like what year is it phase that we've been part of because of the pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think it's nobody questions that now. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you're right. So on his way out of school, he meets Hannah and calls her mama. (laughs) Mama. (laughs) She shows care and concern for him, but doesn't try to continue the conversation when he doesn't answer. Jonas is shook. One thing I noticed about. She doesn't know who he is. What, Steve? I said it's it's like clear that she doesn't know who he is. Right. She kind of looks almost looks through him, that kind of thing, where she's she sees him, but Yeah. Well, I feel like she initially looked past him, but then one thing I've noticed about Hannah is despite all of her many flaws, she does seem to have this um I don't know what you would call it. Like there's something about her that is drawn to these outcasts 
people that are very lost. Sure. Because sure. even one of the I almost wanted to make a meme or gif about this, but there was a night kind of a nice parallel when Jonas appears in the 1980s and Hannah and her father appear in the van by mm-hmm. the bus stop. Yeah. And she pulls over and she's like, are you okay? You know, like, mm-hmm. are you feeling, you know, she sort of reaches out to him and is, is nice. And she does the same thing here, noticing he looks very lost. And then there's another character she meets in season three later, which hasn't happened yet, where the same thing happened, where she sort of reaches out to somebody in their moment of need. But when it comes to long-term relationships, (laughs) she's not always very nice. But when it comes to those, what do you call them? Like a happenstance interaction Mm -hmm. where um, a meeting of Providence, there's, she has a kindness to her in those moments. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And I'll give you two more examples would be Mickle and Ulrich. Like Mickle when he was little and she met him and she was concerned for this kid and she befriended Mm -hmm. him in the hospital. And then like when they were teenagers, Ulrich was like, you know, she was attracted to like him because he was like this punk, like (laughs) a rebel kind of dude who smoked. So like another outcast type. So, yeah, I think that's consistent with Mm -hmm. her character. Well, I don't know if she, if I agree, she was that nice to Mickle. He was more nice to her, and she was feeling insecure about her looks. So um, it she wasn't exactly a cool. selfless act. She immediately said he was cool, though. Like, so that's cool. She did, but she wanted, she wanted attention, though. I, I guess I'm talking <laughs> about things where nobody's giving her, she's not getting anything back, and she's still, yeah. But, but yeah, that's, those are good points too. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just, I don't think those are quite the same, but yeah. Okay. So, all right. Like, yeah. Um, elsewhere in town, Charlotte enters the police station. She's interrupted by Ulrich who pulls her into the same old storeroom where <laughs> he used to hook up with Hannah. There that's we discover right. that in world two, Charlotte and Ulrich are having a fling. Ah. That blonde hair has now yep. been identified. <laughs> Charlotte the thinks DNA. they need to end the affair, but Ulrich manages to shush her with the power of his kisses. <laughs> 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 However, Waller opens the door and almost catches them in the act. So Ulrich can't seem to stay loyal to any woman. In World nope. 1, he had an affair with Hannah. In World 2, he obviously left Katarina for Hannah, but even then, he has a dalliance with Charlotte. It's hard to imagine the stoic Charlotte giving Mm -hmm. in to Ulrich's advances, even though we know they have a good working relationship. She seems so practical. That's just my personal aside. See, Mm -hmm. to me, like this affair between them doesn't make much sense, but I understand for the storytelling of Ice, they had to have him have an affair with somebody. It might as well be Charlotte. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah, he has an affair of somebody, so sure. She's the obvious choice. They had a um they didn't have anything like a chemistry happening in their relationship in World One. But they mm-hmm. did like have like a mutual respect and friendship and she mm-hmm. knew that he was cheating. So they were, yeah. you know, kind of intimate friends. So I think it kind of makes sense. 
like just this Charlotte just is, I don't know, more, more out there, more willing to go to the salon and get that Brazilian blowout and <laughs> hang out with some married man. <laughs> um, Wooler has found some information on the tire tracks. He shares his findings with them. Charlotte offers to cross-check his tire tread stuff with her shift schedule report. You're the right. two of them walk off, leaving Ulrich behind. At least Charlotte keeps her priorities in order. She can still do her job. She can. I'm also seeing something else here. Like, they keep looking at each other, Waller and Ulrich. They're, like, squaring up. They don't like mm. each other too much. I think yeah. I, th this is just a wild speculation, but I'm thinking, like, you know, Waller's a handsome single man. Um, Well, no, Charlotte's not available. I think he just sees what's going on, I guess, and just disapproves. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that, like, you know, he wanted to have an affair with Charlotte. He dug Charlotte. <laughs> Um, but then I forgot that she's married to Peter. So I think it's just a, a disapproving thing on Waller's part. Yeah. I feel like they, in World One, we know that he was always kind of sidelined. Waller was always kind of sidelined at work. Oh, yeah. Given the worst <laughs> jobs. But there is sort of this subtle feeling that he sort of, he's not as, dumb like as people think like he notices stuff too but in world two i yeah. feel like they kind of hit it even harder like he definitely i agree with you they're de they're definitely showing in his facial expressions that he knows exactly what he almost walked in on and mm -hmm. yeah in this world he has two eyes and we're in the other one he only had one working eye i got two eyes on you Ulrich. i see what you're doing <laughs> All right, so then Marta and Killian rehearse for the school play. Marta reads her line. So this is in the stage, the stage of the school. They're practicing with the group. It's not just the two of them. Marta right. reads her lines. From then on, I knew that nothing changes, that all things remain. The spinning wheel turns round and round, just like the wheel of time, Steve. The spinning wheel turns round <laughs> and round in a circle, one fate tied to the next. A thread, red like blood, that connects all our deeds. One cannot unravel the knots, but they can be severed. He severed ours with the sharpest blade, and yet something remains behind that cannot be severed, an invisible bond. On many a night, he tugs at it, and then I wake with a start, knowing that nothing ceases to be, that all remains. These lines overlap. I was going to let you, I'll, I'll read this. Okay. These lines overlap with no. the monologues Marta read in World One. Speaking of an invisible bond, she wraps the red thread around her wrist. As she reads these lines, she notices that Jonas enters the auditorium. Yep. I didn't, I didn't have any comments about this because um, I, I, <laughs> I just don't have any notes for this part. Um, Lindsay, I'm sorry to say for, for Marta's speech there. Did you have anything that you um that you noticed about that that you wanted to delve into? I mean, I I think there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of obvious tie-ins to the plot sure. uh, about Marta and Jonas that that they're that they're 
these knots, um, the things that can't be severed. Alt Marta had told Jonas that they mm-hmm. that their worlds were intertwined, and in this world, there's a severing, but yet something remains behind that cannot be severed. And we see that even though Wait. she doesn't want to be, this Marta is also drawn to Jonas. So there's the invisible bond. So there's a lot of things in this speech that seem to be speaking to what's between Marta and Jonas across the two worlds. And we did see her wake up with a start, just like in the speech also, having this dream. We don't know what she was dreaming about. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's just, I think it's a, it's a cool choice of what lines she was reading matched with the script. It did. I thought, I thought that we had like, she had read these same lines before though. Um, but you're saying like this part about the severed, um, severedness, the, the sharpest knife, that's like a new theme that's being introduced this season. There were lines read before in the play in World One, but I do not think they were these exact lines. Okay, see, I was thinking they were, and that's why I didn't really have much to say. But if, but I don't remember. I, now that you mention it, I don't remember that line about the sharpest knife severing. So that must be like tying in with the with this world too here, which I'm. Yeah, I think I'm glad in, we're still I in think world in World One, the lines she read were about her relationship with her brother. Yeah, they were. Um, yeah, yeah. So Jonas overhears Killian and Marta making plans to meet under the bridge at nine p.m. Jonas mm-hmm. approaches Marta to speak to her again, but she wants him to leave her alone. Jonas grabs her arm and tries to get her to understand that he's here to help, that Mikkel is at risk. He begins to talk about Mikkel and Michael Conwald, but now Marta really wants nothing to do with him. She clearly (laughs) feels no warmth towards Hannah. I wrote that because he mentions Michael Conwald married to Hannah Hannah, Conwald, and that really gets her mad. Because he mentions the word Hannah. So that sort of triggers her already avoidant behavior to really be like, please leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, With with great reason, Marta. (laughs) Anybody coming at you acting like this, get away as quickly as you can. Like, (laughs) I mean, in this situation, we don't want that to happen. But it's clear why. Because it's, it's so obviously bothering her. And especially mm-hmm. he's bringing up her brother and saying that, you know, she just came from play practice and she's bummed about her dad. What's all this crazy stuff you're throwing at me? And now you're talking about Hannah. Like, that's why I, um, a strong, uh, didn't, I stiff armed you, uh, when you were saying that, they, that Hannah was giving Magnus and Marta a ride home. I was like, I don't think so. Cause I don't think she likes Hannah much based on this. Um, oh, she doesn't, <laughs> but. Um, you can't always decide who comes to pick you up. <laughs> I know that very well. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. Um, but cool shot alert because like when Jonas is standing there and he's got the the play background, which they mm-hmm. really went all out for this play. This school is mm-hmm. really into their drama department. Um, and, the, and that painting is really reminiscent of Adam's um, painting, right? It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. 
the backdrop of the mm-hmm. cave behind Jonas. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it was supposed yeah. to make me think that or not, but it did. It just made me think of him being in front of the cave. That that it yeah. was him. But but yeah, it is it is a cool set, cool backdrop. Um yeah, he's not exactly doing a very good job convincing her to talk to him. He's he's hitting it a little too hard, I feel. <laughs> but, but he's scattered too. He has no agenda right now. He's like, Martha dropped me off and now there's this other Martha here. I need to find answers. I went to my house, nothing there. Um yeah, yeah. I can I'm with you, buddy. I'm I'm sorry, Jonas. Yeah. He's yeah, but he yeah, he's following her around. We understand why he is, but it it is kind of wild to think back to I remember the Jonas from season one who just seemed so shy and barely could look at Marta and here he is following her around and grabbing her arm and yeah. Yeah. This is the experience. This is the Yona. This is the Jonas who's seen some shit. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Elsewhere, Magnus walks towards the bunker. The sound and direction leads us to believe that something (laughs) ominous is happening. I know. I love this. But Magnus is just here for another tryst with Francisca. It's a perfect hookup spot. (laughs) It's perfect. Francisca wears a red plaid dress and a fitted coat. She looks happy to see him. I'm missing the surliness of Francisca in World One, but this Francisca is sweetly in love with Magnus. Yep. They've got that like unbreakable charisma together. They're just there ain't no separating these two here. I'm sorry, Lindsay, but Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's all about this woman, Francis. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to really campaign for World One, Magnus. I think if I was going to have a shot. Oh yeah, uh, oh, oh yeah, correct. I was yeah. like, if you want to go for this, Magnus, <laughs> you're going to have to do some serious time traveling and like mess up <laughs> like her birth or something. <laughs> yeah. Magnus comes on strong and aggressive, but Francisco slows him down. She wants some of the control. She sits him down on the bench and begins to take some of her clothes off. She then kisses Magnus. They make love slowly and both say I love you. There's no mm-hmm. you're beautiful in this relationship. Right. However, I kind of miss the angsty world one chemistry. It makes you wonder if Francisca is less aware of her parents' unhappy marriage in world two. This is what the yeah. part you were talking about. I I guess I just think, okay, these two are very in love, but I felt like, for me, the chemistry of World One, Francisca and Magnus, was so great because it wasn't yeah. all sunshine, puppies, and rainbows. It was a little more fiery. Right. Yeah, it was interesting. It was, um, it, there was conflict. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, that's, what, that's good TV. Just watching two people in love. I mean, <laughs> we'd love to see it just because of this show is showing like an alternate version of these two. So it's wonderful. But I mean, if this is the couple that we've always known, they would make us sick and we'd be like, Oh, it's the (laughs) kissy couple again. We don't want to see that crap. I mean, (laughs) but I mean here I'm championing it because I I like that. They have, um, they find love in a hopeless place. You know that Mm -hmm. song, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
I I never liked that song until it was in <laughs> the movie. The um. Oh, it's one of the ones I asked you to watch, um, with Shia LaBeouf and. Yeah. Anyway. All right. We'll yeah, move I don't on. remember. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth enters the family home. In this world, Elizabeth speaks and can hear. She's wearing a red hoodie and braids. Helge sits on the couch, mumbling, it will happen again. Elizabeth calls for her parents, but no one else is home. Helge begins to ramble again. He suddenly grabs her arm and says, the beginning is the end, and the end is the beginning. (laughs) Don't grab your kid like that, Helge. Come on. (laughs) I hated seeing that. I mean... As a kid that was grabbed by people, I I don't like seeing him do that. So I'm like, you're supposed to be nice, Helge. You're supposed mm-hmm. to be the nice guy here. But um, I think it's shocking that she isn't deaf. Mm-hmm. When I first saw this, um, it, it blew my mind because I honestly thought that she was deaf, um, mm-hmm. bec- uh, that which speaks you know great to her ability as an actress to play a deaf person. So I was just shocked that she was <laughs> acting that whole time. This is very mm-hmm. interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Her performance is so right. You think she's actually that the actress playing Elizabeth is also deaf and to see her speak. Is, yeah. Yeah. It's quite a thing. The way she signed, it's like she sold it. Um, you know, she, and she's a kid, like kid to do that is just great. And uh, we're not playing the color game, but that's interesting that, you know, she comes in with that red hoodie instead mm-hmm. of like her orange um, fox thingy. Because, uh, yeah, red wasn't her color last time around, was it? Last time around mm-hmm. being World One. Yeah, no, it wasn't really her color. I don't, I don't really remember seeing her wearing particular colors a lot. Okay. But he she also wasn't really I don't I don't know if I've seen her wear braids before. Too. So I, oh. I think her hair was usually down in the in the in the other world. I feel like Elizabeth wore long hair. So, yeah, visually she looks very different. They don't yeah, give I mean, her yeah. much to do, but yeah. Well, she gets grabbed by Helge. That's exciting. I mean, <laughs> There's a long tradition of of kids and adults grabbing each other in Bo and Yancha's work. <laughs> they have to like keep it up. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So Jonas enters the graveyard of the St. Christopher Church. He's looking for the grave of his father. Peter is now the priest and wonders if he can help Jonas. We find Regina's grave confirming that she's dead. There is no Michael Conwald buried here. Peter remarks that a Daniel Conwald died in 1964. Jonas speculates that he's there to make sure that it doesn't happen. Peter (laughs) feels like he's seen Jonas before. Yeah, that's the interesting part, like that Peter has that feeling because it seems like nobody else is really recognizing Jonas. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's really odd that um, that Peter says that, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is odd. And this is why he's wearing like all black, because he's a priest. He's a, he's a holy man here. He's a holy roller. Um, and it's kind of cool that like 
you know, there's no Michael Conwald, but there is Daniel Conwald. So he's around. And we remember him. He played a very small role in the past seasons. But, I mean, mm-hmm. he came up every now and then as that police officer. And um, I just think it's kind of neat that, uh, that, that he's still there, but then Michael is not. And I wrote down yeah. another note that might be a spoiler, so I won't say it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jonas, at least, okay, I feel this is this is good TV here. Jonas has given up for the moment following Marta around, and he's going to do some of his own investigation. Yeah, so I like that. <laughs> that he's, yeah. he's, he, he realizes I have, now he wasn't as good as Claudia. He hasn't gone to the library. He can learn a lot at the library. You're right. You're right. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's not really his scene. I guess. He should yeah, make it his like, scene. Everybody should. They should. Everybody should go to the library. There should be more scenes filmed at the library. I, I agree with that. But yeah, it is interesting to think about why Peter feels like he's seen Jonas before. It makes you wonder that is... Is there going to be a, you know, makes you wonder if there's going to be a scene where you see, like, later on, Peter yeah, and Jonas yeah, interacting. Yeah. This is episode one. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on World One now, it's September 21st, 1987. That's the interesting that it people... took us back that far, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they warped. We didn't see them warp, but they did warp. Yeah, yes. okay, they did warp, yes. On World One, it's September 21st, 1987. The three people known collectively as the unknown, these are the three people we saw burning the sick Monas layer. Right. They walk towards the Doppler mansion. We know it's World One because of the warping effect that happens when we change worlds, but also the fonts are facing the regular way. Right, that's right. The youngest enters the home without knocking. Bern Doppler calls a greeting. He wonders if this young boy is lost. The boy accuses Bern of keeping the master key to the power plant. Bern tries to take control and demand the boy leave, but the boy is unfazed. He picks up an apple from the fruit bowl of the foyer. <laughs> is he Burn Noah's buddy? <laughs> Burn starts to call for the police, but the other two forms enter and stop Burn from making that call. The middle unknown says, nothing is in vain, no breath, no step, no word, no pain, an everlasting miracle of the one. He then proceeds to strangle Burn using the wire, while the other two silently watch. And this is the same quote Noah used in World 1. Noah said to his Noah said this to middle aged Helge to comfort him. The unknown uses the same phrase as a threat to burnt. That's an awesome juxtaposition there. I didn't catch that until you pointed it out to me. That's really neat. <laughs> that the same words can be like a comfort and then also like a threat and then you kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so these guys this these guys are obviously like the youngest younger middle age and old version of the same dude. Cause they all had like mm-hmm. the same lip, the same clothes, the same mannerism. Mm-hmm. So like ever since his kid was a kid, that's all he 
wanted to be was to grow up to be this old man, I guess. And I don't, I hate this. I don't like this. I, it's unnecessary. I know why they're doing it for the cool factor, right? It's like, okay, we got this time traveling people. Okay. Let's make this trio old, middle-aged, young. That'd be cool. I think it's not cool. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Um, I think it's needless. I, I just don't like this. Um, and the way they cross their little arms at the same time, like they have the same mannerisms and stuff. Um, you know, cause I love, I love the show dark and I don't like that. These people are coming in here, ruining my dark. <laughs> hmm. I yeah, have feelings, I think, Lindsay. Yeah. The, there's a lot of mixed and strong feelings about the unknown. Um, I think that what's interesting about the unknown is we've seen in the show in the past, we've seen instances where a character interacts with another version of themselves. Yes. So we had older Helge and middle-aged uh, middle Helge having mm -hmm. a face-to-face we also saw that with, obviously, Stranger Jonas and Jonas. Jonas and Adam. Mm -hmm. Usually these, these interactions are brief for a purpose and initiated mm -hmm. by one person. So these three are like a superhero team. <laughs> they, <laughs> they travel as a trio. We, you know, like the Three Musketeers, all for one and one for all. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like um, teaming up with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's it's interesting, but it does make me wonder, well, why haven't the other people tried this? You, mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it's, it's sort of a good idea in a way. Like what if Stranger Jonas and Jonas had teamed up? They, they would probably, they could do some stuff, but... Most of the versions we've seen are hiding information from themselves. I don't feel like these three <laughs> no. are hiding anything from each no, other. No, that's what's so weird about it. Like, because yeah. you knew this little kid's just going to grow up to be both of these guys. And it seems like you want to hide that from your younger self or like not hide it, but I don't know. Not ready to be killing somebody when you're like 12. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't know, let's get away from these guys. I want to talk to the button, some yeah. other people. Yeah, they're 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 creepy. They're creepy. Yeah, like one person yes. strangling somebody while the other two are just sitting there. Yes, that creep factor is high. Creepy. At least yes, you know, join in if you're gonna stand there. <laughs> grab a <laughs> grab a handlebar or something. Yeah, you poke his eyes out and you like tickle his feet or something. It would be it would just be really creepy. It's like anytime you see somebody being tortured or hurt and there's like an audience mm -hmm. i just think how that would feel like not only are you being hurt but you're also like people are just standing around doing nothing and here's burned yeah. who's who's being subjected to this yeah it's just not it's not a happy scene i got you no. i got you Steve. Yeah, all like right let's move on yeah <laughs> all right we then warp back to world two Alexander visits Jürgen Obendorf. He mentions that the police came today and that Jürgen knows what to do. 
he hands Jurgen a pile of money. Well, at least he cool. gets money this time. I don't remember him seeing seeing him give other <laughs> Jurgen money in World One. There was an envelope that was passed around. I guess that okay. had money in it in World All One. Right. But um, I speculated at this point, like what was going on. But then it's it's answered later on in the episode. They're mm-hmm. they're here for a, a barrel transfer. A barrel transfer. Yeah, a lot of the. A lot of the action that happens in World 2 is sometimes, like, abbreviated because they know we've already seen it. So they just yes. kind of go, okay, here's little clues and you fill in the blank of what's ha- going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. I'm glad they – I am mm-hmm. gl- I think they handled it perfectly. Yeah. Marta rides her bike to meet the others at the bridge. She's wearing the yellow raincoat. She walks under the bridge, bouncing on the railroad tracks. Her steps falter, and she hears a twig snap. Jonas shows up again. It was Jonas all along. (laughs) She wonders what he wants and why he keeps following her. Yeah. This time, he actually tries talking some sense to her. He tells her they do know each other in another time. Which isn't exactly correct. Another world would be more accurate. Yeah. Marta has no idea what to do with Jonas. She's already told him to get <laughs> lost, but he keeps coming back. He steps towards her, begging her to remember the glitch in the Matrix. At these words, Marta freezes. Yeah, she's like a Peter here, where it seems like she kind of has a vague memory of that, too. That's very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Jonas continues that he thinks he knows why he's here, to stop it from happening, to change (laughs) it. It. Magnus and the others then walk up. They are confused why Jonas is there, as everybody is. Jonas (laughs) is confused as to why Mikkel isn't with them. The Mikkel's babysitter didn't show up. Magnus is totally confused because Mikkel is old enough to stay by himself. (laughs) <laughs> this is a clever bit of writing because Mikkel has aged three years since Dark Season 1 started in 2017. So they cleverly make Mikkel older in World 2. Jonas is encouraged once again to back off. <laughs> yeah, every all the other kids are like the same age because they're still riding bikes around and walking everywhere. They're not driving mm-hmm. cars. So like, yeah. yeah, they age Mikkel up. Super clever. And yeah, you don't want to be um, Magnus's enemy either, or his sibling, <laughs> because like, yeah, he'll leave you tied up in a cage, or he'll like step up <laughs> on you and be like, "Get away from my sister." Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you want to be Magnus's friend. You want to be, ideally be Magnus's mate, but you also want to be his pal mate as well. Not <laughs> a sibling, <laughs> not an enemy. Either a lover or. Mm-hmm. Or a pal, yeah. A pal? When I say mate, I mean like a like a friend, yeah. Did we see him with any friends? I guess sort of killing Bartosh. Bartosh is a steady. He's always around. Yeah. And yeah, Killian now too, by default, because he's hanging out with Marta. But, you know, he, seem, he seems to be accepting of them. Yeah. Or they run off like hooting that, and hollering. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting that Marta is like, glitch in the Matrix. There's something about that. You know, so she... She doesn't remember, she doesn't know Jonas at all, but there's something about 
the words or something that get that get to her. So it's happened to me before. Like when I've been somewhere and like I'm like, I swear this has happened before. I think I've dreamed this. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's happened to me, but it's never happened when another person was standing there like telling me to remember. It's just been like a random occurrence, but it mm-hmm. seems like that's happening here to her. Yeah. Or you see somebody and well, this isn't the case with her, but I was thinking about me personally. Sometimes I, I'll see people, and it happens more and more as you get older. You see people mm-hmm. and you're like, I've met them, haven't I? Yep. yep. I really have met them. <laughs> and then you actually, you know, I have before been like investigated it and been like, oh, yeah, now I remember who it is. And then I figure out who the person is that I'm thinking of. And it's like, it's no, it's a different person, but they they look very similar and sure, yeah. I've heard this theory before that there's actually like only 10 kinds of faces in the world. And <laughs> so after a while, people start right. to look similar to somebody you have met when you were a kid and they remind you of that person. That's right. I've all, I've been fascinated by that. I know exactly what you're talking about. And you can like put everybody in one of those 10 categories. Some people are heavier or like have like, facial hair or different features but i mean it's really Mm -hmm. fascinating like because i'll meet people and i'm like this person has that face this person has that face Mm that's really neat and it can lead to that kind of stuff but i swear when i was in 10th grade um a new person started up that i swear i had a dream about that person like a couple of months before and then they showed up as a new student at school and it freaked me out and it probably was nothing. It was just, you know, a dream. And then a person that looks similar to them showed up to my school. But I told myself that, like, I dreamed about that person. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Now they're here. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a dork, Lindsay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, at the police station, Ulrich leaves for the parent meeting and offers to take Charlotte with him. She accepts his offer. The all-seeing Wooler. And Ulrich share a glance. <laughs> it's not a good thing to announce to the office. Let's ride together. <laughs> if you're yeah. going to the same place, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just does not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the same ploy that Hannah would use because she'd be like, can you give me a ride to this or oh, that? That's Drive right. Drive me home after I brought this soggy casserole to your house. And yeah. Of course. It's Ulrich style. Hannah arrives home to an empty house, echoing the feeling of Doris Tiedemann, who spent so many nights alone waiting for Egon to arrive. I could be reaching a little there, but it made me think of her just being in her house. I agree. She looks at Ulrich's folded hoodie. (laughs) She's destined to be dour. That's what I wrote. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's a house of loneliness. The... um, the Nielsen house. Katarina yeah, yeah. was would wait for Ulrich. Uh, mm-hmm. Hannah's waiting for him here. Yana's waiting for Trant. Yeah. Yeah. There are spaces. There's like this concept of, you know, there's a space and the same things can happen in the same space. It has a certain energy. Mm-hmm. And this house seems to have an energy of women waiting <laughs> for their men to show up. Yeah, no matter if it's World 1 or World 2, it's going to be the same vibe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Back in the woods, Marta, Killian, Magnus, Francisca, and Bartosh walk toward the caves. Killian questions Marta about Jonas. Meanwhile, Bartosh is just as friend-zoned in this world. <laughs> Bartosh claims that Nostradamus predicted the apocalypse was nigh in 2019. Magnus jokes that it's good that his girlfriend has a bunker then. <laughs> and it just dawned on me personally, not just now, but when I did the re recap, that Francisca is quite familiar with the bunker. Whereas in World 1, we never see her in the bunker. So, yeah, right. yeah, it was confusing to me when I first saw this. I was like, why are they meeting to have sex in the bunker? Isn't that Helge's bunker? And I was like, oh, it's, it's her grandfather. That's right. But yeah, yeah they, she never had any connection to Helge in the other world. That's correct. She mm -hmm. was also kind of bitter and unfriendly in the other world. as Well, I mean, she's also deaf, so she has a completely different worldview yeah. as well than she normally would. And I think it's really interesting that in World 1, there were Bartosh, like, I think he punched her. I think he punched her, and they went to the cave to get drugs. He like pushes here, her. They're going to, okay, yeah, he pushes her down. Yeah. And, uh, and here, you know, she's part of the gang. In the other world, they were there to look for drugs yeah. because Eric might have had drugs. In this world, they're just looking for Eric in general because they're mm -hmm. hanging out with his brother and they're concerned yeah. about him. There's no drugs involved. Yeah. Marta keeps oh. hearing. Go ahead. Did you want to say something else? Yeah. This Nostradamus predicted the apocalypse was nigh in 2019. I thought that was 2012. I thought it was like 2012 was supposed to be the big year that the world ended. And then everybody was bummed out that the world didn't end in 2012. <laughs> I don't even know who Nostradamus is. Oh, really? Yeah. He was like a, he predicted hundreds of things that have came true. And that's why people put, uh, I thought it was 2012 that he predicted the world would end. You really, that's interesting to me. Look him up next time you're in the library. He's right there. I mean, at your I think I have looked this after I wrote this. I think I actually did Google it, but I don't even remember what, what it is. I guess it's a person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Philosopher, ancient philosopher, like um, 11th, 12th century, I believe. Fact check me on that. Mm. Um, but yeah, predicted like a bunch of stuff that would happen that actually did happen. Like most of his stuff that he predicted did come true. More stuff that he predicted. This, I mean, like some of the big stuff, like when the world would end, obviously did not. But then those dates are always up for debate. You know, what calendar were you looking at? You know, I think maybe you're right, Steve, because one of the recap shows that I listened to, I think they mentioned that that uh, Bartosh's statement wasn't even correct. Yeah. But, um, hey, yeah. heck yeah. I love how maybe they up. put it in here <laughs> to show that. Bartosh isn't as smart as everyone thinks he is. I don't know. It's because of the mullet. Yeah. <laughs> Mullets make you dumb. No offense to our mullet wearing audience. <laughs> <laughs> All two of you. Okay. Marta keeps hearing noises in the woods. Jonas then arrives at his World One home, the Conwald house, which is now the Katarina Nielsen house. Mm -hmm. In either world, Mikkel Michael ends up sleeping in the top room. That's neat. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
They walk toward the caves. In this world, they aren't here to find a stash of drugs. <sighs> I'm Magnus- sorry. I did it again. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> eh, people won't remember everything you say. Saying it a second time is fine. Magnus speaks of a cave monster and all the experiments done back in the day. The hmm. cave monster reminds us of the myths of the Minotaur. They hear noises inside the cave, noises of the wormhole opening. Their flashlights flicker and they all run like roaches. Marta trips and falls. When she stands again, everyone is gone. She looks for one of her companions in the dark. Someone calls her name. She turns to see an image of World One Marta in the white dress covered in black pitch. That's open for conversation now right that's weird yeah marta i'll say this marta then runs right go ahead steve comment away oh yeah forgot marta runs oh yeah that's what you're gonna do when you see like a weird figure of yourself (laughs) that's covered in black ooze um we talked about this in season one um when he saw when he being Jonas saw Mm -hmm. michael also covered in the black stuff Right. So when we talked about it then, I think the same rules apply. It was heavily implied that it was not a hallucination, that it was a vision that was that was shown to them. And like that they're covered like in that black stuff because not because it's like paint like we thought with Michael, mm-hmm. but because it resembles like the God particle from like season two. Yeah, or like, yeah, time travel residue. Yeah, um, the even just the dirt of the of the caves, that the time portals, the wormholes, all that. Yeah. If this was the wheel of time, I would say like this is like the pattern giving her a vision of what could be, because that happens in the wheel of time all the time, where people get seen visions of glimpses of other worlds that they could have lived. And I, I believe that this is the exact same theme carried over um, to this. So again, like this is like a thing that makes sense to me. <laughs> um, that, that kind of concept that you get shown flashes of um, alternate realities of what could be. Hmm. Yeah, I think I made a post about this in the Facebook group that this sort of perplexed me because in... World one, Jonas sees Michael mm-hmm. and he sees it at the moment that Mikkel disappears to like the whole Mikkel disappears. And then he sees this vision of Michael mm-hmm. and there's so much mirroring going on that I think that's what was getting to me because for Jonas, the thing that triggers his journey through time is this inciting incident with his father and this belief that he can save his father, that he's responsible and that if he can only find the right path, he could save his dad and that would make everything right again. And so I was trying to think of how that lined up with the call for Martha Right. What is what is the exciting incident for 
Martha. Well, in the way it's not, why would it be Martha in the white dress? It's, it's like, I feel like her inciting incident that we've seen so far through evidence somehow is connected with Jonas. So I Mm -hmm. thought, well, wouldn't have made more sense if she saw a vision of Jonas and she sort of wanted to save him and that Mm -hmm. he's the person calling her, but instead she sees its vision of herself in the white dress, like her other Mm -hmm. self. So just, I guess that didn't, I was trying to ask somebody like, help me understand why that would be her inciting incident. Yeah, I can't answer that, but I can say that I think that the, um, we know that the white dress Martha like represents like the, the, the height of Martha. Like that's when she and Jonas like hooked it's up their wedding day and all that. Yeah. So, um, that's my only guess I could, my only like half ass guess I could make is that it, um, somehow shows her a glimpse of what she's missing out on here in this world. World mm-hmm. two, she's got this half ass Killian guy. She could have this nice white dress and <laughs> in this other life <laughs> in world one, come on over to this side. It's better, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you did say she's something's missing in her life. So maybe, I guess it would be more convincing if that Marta looked happy instead of dead. <laughs> like in that world, Marta's True. dead. So why would that be, why would that be compelling? But yeah, she's, I guess it's like, oh, maybe I could be that girl who makes, you know, that beautiful girl in the white dress. Um, he would yeah. only notice me. Yeah. Could be. I like that, even though I'm not sure I agree with it, but I'm like, I like that. Yeah, something to think about. It's a red thread that I can follow. Um, okay, so the interlude, interlude music begins. Bad Kingdom is the title of the song by May and Robot Koch. <laughs> Robot Koch. <laughs> it's spelled K-O-C-H. Okay, I didn't catch that. Don't listen to Steve's. Until you said it out loud. That's when I finally was like, That's why I said Koch. I didn't say (laughs) you noticed that. I guess not. All right, so at the high school, at the high school, the lights flicker too. Katerina is in the hallway concerned. Hannah notices the lights in her bedroom. She puts her hands on her belly protectively. Ulrich and Charlotte make out, but they notice dead birds falling from the sky. Very romantic. (laughs) Jurgen loads yellow barrels into a tractor trailer. Marta runs from the vision. Killian finds her. Jonas finds Mikkel safely asleep in his bedroom. He feels Mm -hmm. confused at why he's there. The teens escape to the bunker. Yes. I guess let's pause before this next bunker part. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to butt in and say that, yeah, Jonas is super confused because, like, you know, Marta gets lost. Oh, no, Marta's lost. But then Killian's there. And not only is Killian there, but the whole gang is there. Everybody came back from Martha, so they're good. Mm-hmm. Mickle's in bed. He's good. Mm-hmm. So Jonas is like, what just happened? What did I not do? I think that's what he's feeling here is, like, something was supposed to happen. And it didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. 
And he came back. He's here. Um, I guess I didn't. I missed putting this in the in the recap. Jonas is at the Conwald house once again. So that's yes. why I said that oh, you put Jonas finds Mikkel safely asleep in his bedroom. He actually is in, he comes, enters the house. He wasn't, he like walks in there and actually looks at him, down on him, almost like stranger Jonas did with um, teen Jonas. So he, he wants to make sure that there. Magnus was right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's very confused at why he's there because at first he thought, I'm here to somehow do something yeah. for Martha, Marta and like to save Marta. But then he's like, well, maybe I'm here to save save Mickle. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, but he's like, Mickle doesn't need saving. So, I you know, why am I here? It's very confusing. Um, at the bunker, so the teens are all there, meaning all the teens except for Jonas. Uh, a mm -hmm. portal opens. Out drops the ba body of Mads Nielsen. We know because Marta finds his ID it's around his neck. Yes. The travelers send him with a name tag clearly marked. This is completely consistent with World One. Like this exact same thing happened at this time, right? Because Helge came and grabbed Mads and then planted him over in the uh, in the woods, so this mm -hmm. is a hundred percent consistent. Um, no name tag. <laughs> What's that now? There was no name tag in World what? One there because there okay. was a whole who is this? Who is this sure, body? Sure, sure, sure. That's right. That's right. Okay, yeah. But I mean, I mean, the same thing happened though. The portal came through and all that. I think what, uh, yeah, I think he came through with the name tag. And then when Helge came to drag his body off, he probably pocketed that name tag. It's my guess. Okay. Um, yeah. But these kids have now seen something crazy. All five of them. They're standing there watching this happen. I think now they're probably more apt <laughs> to believe Jonas because they've seen some like crazy rips in reality. And they got Bartosh there, who's like Mr. Science Nerd. So I think maybe Jonas might um, <laughs> might be able to talk to these guys maybe tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think Mads, when Mads comes through in World 1, it's um, Peter that yeah. finds him. Yeah, yeah, Peter and Tronte are sitting there. Yeah, it's not the teens. So it's the different people are finding the bodies. But yes, the same thing, the portal and all that. Yeah, same body. Okay, Jonas walks outside the Conwald house feeling lost. A figure emerges from the shadows, an older woman with gray hair and bangs. Oh. She has waited a long time to see him again. He has been through this before, so Jonas doesn't shrink back this time. <laughs> yeah. The woman tells him that in this world, Mikkel didn't travel back. That in this world, Jonas doesn't exist. She points out that Jonas wanted a world without him. Yet here we are. This world isn't any better. Everything will fall apart in this world just as it will in yours. Again and again because of you and because of me. Jonas realizes the woman is Marta. It's the bangs. You said it. 
He should have known with those bangs right away that it was older Marta. Yeah, so we get like another new character. We didn't get a whole lot of new characters this episode. We got the unknown, mm-hmm. but we got, yeah, an older version of Marta now. Mm-hmm. And it seems like th- this has got to blow Jonas's mind because I couldn't imagine a world without Steve Barnes. It just simply couldn't exist. So, <laughs> yeah, Jonas is, <laughs> yeah, Jonas is freaked out by this whole thing. But it's great that he, um, you know, like you said, he didn't shriek back. He's used to like older people coming up to him and giving him info like Adam and older Claudia. And that's kind of like his vibe. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, Noah, a, it's a new, new character. Was, like, Noah was totally like, I thought you would look different. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is the first time we've seen a different version of Marta because we've seen mm-hmm. older Magnus. We've seen older um, Francisca. But yeah, mm-hmm. now we get a look at Marta. She ain't looking bad. Yeah, she looks good too. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty cool haircut. The bangs with, yes. the, with the short... Yeah. Yeah. So we warp into World One. A grand gate announces you are entering Tan House. Ah, I loved this. <laughs> Perhaps the factory or the town is named for Tan House. It's just a little strange that, like, the big sign just says Tan House. <laughs> it's so cool, though. You don't expect that. You're thinking, like, I'll say Nielsen or Conwald, but no. Or Winden. <laughs> <laughs> or Winden, yeah. Yeah, the name it's like is it a place? Is it it's um it kind of like in it's, it's a wonderful life. Um the town is named something and then it turns into Potterville when George Bailey doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh so Marta steps forward. It's thundering and raining. The date is September 21st, 1888. New time period. (laughs) (laughs) New time period, which is great. And then it tells us we're on world one, but then Mm -hmm. we're looking at world two Marta here, which is awesome. Alt Marta. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Marta enters a room where an elaborate machine sends out crackling Ah. signals. The operator is Stranger Jonas, wearing old-fashioned clothing. Marta speaks his name softly. Martha's cheek has a scratch under her left eye. Jonas startles to see her, quickly tearing up at the sight of his lost love. He gathers her face in his hands, but Marta shies away from his touch. She's not Marta, not his Marta. She's here to help him find the origin, the beginning of everything in both worlds. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Didn't she say the origin was when she met the other Yodas? Come on now, Martha, you're confusing us. Today's the day we first met. (laughs) Right. And now, yeah. But I love going back further in time. This is such a good treat to get to go Mm -hmm. back even further to 1888. And yeah, Jonas looks great. He's got a cool hairdo now, and he's like dressed all dapper. Like I don't know, he lo- he looks great. Stranger Jonas like looking everybody. dapper. <laughs> yeah, has he showered. I think he showered. He looks. <laughs> he clean. has. Even though he's in this lab, he's looking great. Andreas, <laughs> pinch me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
this in the loud machine that's so like time specific like it sounds mm-hmm. like you would you would expect like a room like that to be like loud and overpowering and dangerous mm-hmm. to even be within and yeah, yeah. I, I loved I thought this was the perfect ending I, I loved it it was yeah. great <laughs> it's very mad scientist mm-hmm. <laughs> all the like that's lightning what- and crackling yeah, I was like, is this Dr. Frankenstein or is this Jonas? <laughs> I don't know who this is. This is great. And the, yeah, it says Tanhouse there. So you're like, is is he like HG Tanhouse, but now he's Jonas? Mm-hmm. But what, yeah. the, what the heck, dude? So are you gonna come are we gonna come in and see like a wizened old <laughs> professor sitting there? But no, it was Stranger Jonas looking handsome in his <laughs> attire. Right, and we should mention that the last time we saw Stranger Jonas, he was time traveling. He he mm-hmm. time traveled out of um, episode eight, season two, along with mm-hmm. Bartosh, Marta, not Marta. Yeah. Um, you tell me, Bartosh, Magnus, and Francisca. Yeah, that's right. That little interesting crew um, time traveled with him, so it makes you wonder if maybe they're there with him too. They should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless he killed him, <laughs> he's not a murderer. Yeah, you're is like, he? where? Where's the rest of the Scooby Gang? Yeah, yeah, we didn't get to meet them um, in World One anyway. I want to mm-hmm. catch up with those guys. I think we will because, yeah. like I said, I think they're they're fellow buddies. Yeah, but that's the end of the episode. There, I guess. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to, because I printed out everything. I printed out your little questions at the back here, and I answered all your questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know if maybe we should go into um to some of the feedback we have instead, because we're yeah, um, that sounds good. We're kicking on. We're, I mean, we're kicking in overtime here, but we can go. We can go for ten more minutes and see what the people got to say. I should ask you though: Did you have any closing thoughts before we do that? Oh, well. I thought it was a great uh, first episode of the season that we kind of get to see quickly where everybody is, all of our key characters, even though we don't necessarily see all the versions. (laughs) It's a good intro into the alt world, I think. And we're almost getting to process... The first episode, in the way this is like episode one of season one all over again, but just these different versions. Yeah, we yeah. missed out on Claudia. I realized that just now that she didn't show up in this episode at all. That's true. No Claudia. She'll be back. I know she died like last season, but I know she'll <laughs> be back, right? <laughs> Old Claudia, yeah. She kicked the bucket. Let's see. I'll start. I got it. Um... Just very little feedback. I'm trying to uh, navigate to it now. Um, Tosh wrote in with her thoughts about... Okay. Tash (laughs) wrote in with her thoughts about Season 2, Episode 5. She's slowly but surely catching up with us. Let's see what she's got to say. This is a shorter um, email than last time. (laughs) She says the best character was Mickle. Despite everything that had happened to him, he remains kind and willing to help everyone. The first encounter with old Ulrich and not realizing who he is, his first reaction is to help him. Sounds like Hannah. 
from this episode. This is, it takes her back to her first introduction of Mikkel. Worst character, once again, Clausen. So thank you for shouting out Clausen once more for being terrible. We got to remember that. Hopefully we don't get like an alternate version of Clausen. That's a nightmare. <laughs> Maybe the unknown is like the world two version of Clausen. Maybe that, that seems right to me. These are my thoughts, <laughs> not Tash's. <laughs> she says, you're right about the pronunciation of my name at the end, Steve. It's pronounced like Ash, but with a T. Tash. My name is Natasha, but my nickname is Tash. So I've got to remember that. Um, cause I've been calling, I think I've been calling her Tosh a lot. So, cause I got that, that long, that short a, I don't know, but Tash, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, thank you for writing in again and, uh, hit us back with, with your thoughts about, Oh, she's getting ready to watch season two, episode six, which was like my favorite before this one. So you're in good, you're in good standing here. You got some yeah, feedback too, right? Lindsay. I did. I had a couple of comments from people reading my written recaps. Oh, cool. Good. Um, TJ said that I want to echo Tim. Tim had left a nice comment a few weeks ago just saying, where are all the comments on the season three recaps now that you've started? (laughs) And TJ says, I'm here. I want to echo Tim and say that your recaps, along with abusing the rewind back button on my remote, are essential for (laughs) keeping up with this fantastic show. You are a beautiful writer as well, ready and nervous for the final four episodes of this journey. So they wrote this after reading the episode four recap, but they were just saying, uh, they gave me a very nice compliment and said I was a beautiful writer and that my recaps were essential for them to understanding. So that was Very, very nice to hear. And Tim, oh, here's the comment Tim posted. Thanks again for the thorough recap. It got me through some confusing plot points. Well, they're all confusing, but some require more guidance than others. Tim and TJ, thank you for writing in and letting me know that my recaps are helpful to you because it makes all of those long hours and sleepless nights worth it. (laughs) <laughs> heck yeah i mean there's there's honestly not a whole lot of season three recaps out there so i mean it's, it's great that you have them for people um people make sure to check them out at one of my stories.com we're going to tell you all the time she'll be she'll be working on the next one here pretty soon um because you're up to episode five currently as of this record is that correct i finished five so i still need to do six yeah. seven and eight I might yeah. work on Home six stretch. after we get off of the mic tonight, in fact. Oh, man, you're feeling industrious. <laughs> All right, good deal. <laughs> I'm going to call the night after this. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> but, yeah, did you have anything you wanted to uh, to close us off with, Lindsay? Any plugs or final thoughts? I just have a lot of reviews coming up i think the next thing i'm actually going to be reviewing is a movie called the mission which is a documentary that came out this year it's the about the true story of john chow who is a missionary that went to the sentinelese islands and got killed by an arrow so it's The documentary isn't just about the event, it's about 
the way that the culture reacted to his death and the different okay. opinions about if he should have gone at all or just kind of the state of the public's view of missionary work in general and okay. how it's not he's not held in the same esteem light it once was <laughs> I would right say. okay hot topic and all that it's it's yeah. coming it's like a lot of film festivals are showing this movie so it's it's interesting how different people are seeing um the coverage i think so yeah that's cool i like how documentaries are showing like all kinds of different slices of life that you wouldn't get an eyeball into i just finished watching the documentary telemarketers which went into the world of telemarketing and that was, it, it took you places you would not realize. It's a really shady business right there. It's like open, um, open laundering money, basically. It's mm. really interesting stuff. I'm not yeah. going to do a review of it, but <laughs> I watched it. And then All the Light We Cannot See, that mm. series, the one that Lewis Hoffman is in. I am halfway through that. Nice thing about that series, Steve, is it's only four episodes long. So I am halfway through uh -oh. after watching only two <laughs> yeah. episodes. So isn't that a great feeling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very different That's role for our Lewis. So <clears throat> a four-episode Netflix series. That's really interesting. That doesn't happen mm -hmm. very often. Yeah, I haven't. Well, I, I don't think Black I've Mirror seen a series that. that show. What? Yeah, Black Black Mirror does that. They release like either five or six episodes per season. So they're That's weirdos right. too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't think I have any plugs myself. I'm um, open back up the IntroVoid account so anybody can check me out at intro.void again. Hopefully it doesn't get hacked one more time. I actually shouldn't even say the, the, the name because I'm afraid people are going to hack my account again, Lindsay. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but I boldly opened it back up. Um, yeah, I just want people to check out your recaps and check out the Sweet Shot of Time. Well, I think we should check out our favorite and least favorite characters before we sign off. Oh, I always forget something, don't I? I do this <laughs> every time. Um, I know who they are. I've already I've already pre-thought about this, but um, do you want to go first? Well, I can do. Let me let me stall for time. I will do my okay. favorite character, and you can do your favorite character. No, okay. maybe you'll go first with your least favorite character. Well, I know what your least favorite is going to be. Um, my <laughs> favorite character of this episode is going to have to be Marta Chu. Oh, which way? Which one? The Marta Chu is Marta the <laughs> Marta Chu is the Marta wearing the raincoat, the yellow raincoat. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Not so all what was Marta it about her that stuck out. Um, this this episode strongly, I feel like this is her episode. It featured her, introduced her as a character. Yeah. I like the fact that they're making this world is centered around this Martha and how she's kind of the parallel to our Jonas. And she's trying to, I just feel like they're giving this Martha a better arc in in. in now that mm -hmm. I look back at it, as much as I like 
Marta won, she was sort of all she really did was whine about Jonas. And so this Marta's just got a more <laughs> she's got a more compelling narrative to start with. She's something's sure. missing in her life and she's trying to figure things out and yeah. I just I she I think just she's in, intriguing to me. All right. That's legitness. Like she is the star of this world. So you're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, well my favorite character will go hand in hand with yours because I'm I'm loving Louis Hoffman this episode. I'm loving Jonas. Um he's maybe take notice because you know, he wasn't always like my favorite actor in the other seasons, you know, just he just never fell to the top. But this episode, I, I've, I've given him my favorite before. This is not my first time saying that Louis Hoffman's my favorite character in the episode. But yeah, I'm loving Jonas's episode. I'm loving how lost and how he's portraying that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really drawn to him. Okay. Uh, least favorite. I mean, yeah, no surprise. That, that unknown fellow. <laughs> Don't burn down Adam's house. Don't kill Burnt Doppler. He's nice sometimes. I mean, <laughs> I don't like the, I don't like the unknown, especially the middle age unknown. He's the worst of the unknowns. And then I guess the old man is like my, my next least favorite. No, the little boy is my next least favorite because he ate that apple. Like it was nothing. And a little creepy kid. So wait, know. you were saying which of the unknowns was your least favorite? <laughs> well, I hate the unknown. That's my least favorite. But within the unknowns, I hate the middle age unknown the most. <laughs> then the young middle eight, then the young unknown, and then the old unknown seems like he might be okay. So- oh, <laughs> the middle-aged person is the one that talks the most. And he's the worst. He's the one I hate the most. <laughs> if he and didn't talk, poor, maybe I'd like him. <laughs> and the poor boy, the little boy gets punished because he's eating an apple. It's like he needed a snack. He has high metabolism. He's creepy already at such a young age, so that's not right. Um, well, I'm giving my least favorite character award to Ulrich, World 2 I knew Ulrich. it. Did you know it, Steve? Did you know it? I had a huge... I was going to pick Ulrich if I didn't pick the unknown. <laughs> uh, I was... I, I almost... I thought about picking Bartosz also because of his horrible haircut, oh. but I feel... That, that would surprise me. Yeah, his hair. Okay, so obviously Ulrich, you're slime ball in any in yes. any world. You're yes. <laughs> it wasn't enough that you left our our beloved Katarina and you theoretically tried to do the right thing by mm-hmm. you know going ahead and making your romance with a Hannah Hannah official um maybe you got maybe you knocked her up before and that's the reason you know why you're trying to do the right thing i don't know but now you are defacing our charlotte and turning her into right (laughs) that's right (laughs) yeah yeah maybe i shouldn't dislike him more i don't know but yeah and and charlotte is She's feeling the guilt, I guess. The way that they're showing is that she's like the one that's saying, "Like, hey, we probably should really knock this, <laughs> knock this off." And the mm-hmm. Ulrich's like, "That's not what you said last night." 
What a grease ball. It's just it's gross. And his hair looks awful. And I hate the pink button down shirt. So Auric, you suck on every level. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yep. <laughs> if you give it worse to Bartosh just based on his hairstyle, I mean I'd accept that and it'd be funny, but well, I don't know, I might it wouldn't just be because of his hairstyle. <laughs> it would also because be because he just seems like a lame fish. It's like <laughs> I mean, what is he doing? He's just he's he's just like he's smart following around this group of people. No, he's not smart. He doesn't even know what the right date for Nostradamus. <laughs> okay, that's true. Apparently, according to his... you, I'll need to look Google that yeah. later. But <laughs> but yeah, he's just kind of following around Marta and when he he obviously still has a thing for her, and he's just kind of tripsing and traipsing behind this group of people going oh, so guys uh uh i mean of course he's doing it in german but he's kind of like an uh what do you call it um steve urkel he's like a steve urkel of world two that's kind of what <laughs> bartosh, bartosh come here give me a hug buddy but yeah, bartosh is, is, you didn't get but bartosh <laughs> you didn't get my worst character it's that's still true. Ulrich. you just got it made fun of a whole bunch just now that's all <laughs> all right Lindsay, we did our favorite and least favorite thank you for reminding me because i would have just signed off and not done that and um that would have been sad and i would have remembered during the edit or maybe like in the middle of the night i would have had like a nightmare and woken up in my bed <gasps> i forgot <laughs> as it is we did the right thing um yeah, we'll wrap it up for this episode and we'll be back next week with season two, season three, episode two, I should say. Um, thank you once again, Lindsay, for always joining me. I always appreciate it. And to all the listeners, well, I'll, I'll, let me let Lindsay give a give a sign off real quick and say goodbye and then I'll give my sign off. Mm -hmm. Steve, I hope you find water and shade and your favorite share song when you need it. Thank you. This is not my favorite share song, but thank you. I, I will find it when the time comes. And I hope that you and all the listeners always find water and shade and shoes. Bye. Bye, everybody.